Miss Piggy is basically still trying to become like a news anchor and is still her like badass self with probably one of my favorite favorite fight scenes in the Muppet film because like you think it's just going to be like her karate chopping uh this guy once and then everything for no this guy just full on punches her in the face <laughs> several times <laughs> and, and she's there like oh yeah you think that's going to be enough <laughs> just punches her over and over like good god <laughs> that's miss piggy what are you doing Yes, welcome to Well Good Movies Lockdown. I'm your host, David Osger, and as usual, guys, we are here to give you some Well Good Movies and give you some positivity during this tough time, and we're going to be talking about a very positive and happy subject today. So I'm going to get straight into it and introduce our guest who uh, inspired this topic, but we've had quite a few subtle clues in our past few episodes that has led us to wanted to talk about this particular franchise. So our guest talking about it with us today is the latter half of the Dan and Joe film show. He's fellow podcaster and film critic, Joe Richards. Hello, Joe. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, I hope you're doing well. And like I said, we, we've had this uh, built up for quite a while now because unintentionally we've had a few teases as to the topic of Muppets. And, and yeah, thank you for inspiring us with, with this topic. It was brought up by yourself when uh, when you sort of passed on the message to Dan in in that previous episode. Um, I ended up talking about the ABC Muppet series in in the last two episodes ago when we were talking about what to watch on streaming. Yeah, and uh, the Muppets turned up in one of our end games a few weeks ago. So yeah, it, it's all built to this moment. Yeah, it feels that way. Um, like like you like you're fully aware. Um, I listen to your show uh, weekly. It's kind of like my Monday morning ritual. Um, at the moment, kind of listen to the show while I've been working at home or whatever. Um, and I've got to say, you know, I've been loving uh, the Muppet Love. When I did suggest it to Dan, um, when I knew he was coming on your show and I knew it was going to be about streaming and things like that, um, I, I was wasn't sure if he was going to mention it or not i'm glad he did it seems to have kind of um as you said yourself kind of built over the past couple of weeks and i've got to say i've been loving the muppet love and that's what we need right now is a is a lot of muppet love during uh during these kind of uh dark days you know so what was the reason you you went to it as as a recommendation uh for for when people are in lockdown you know we're we're all kind of stuck indoors at the moment um when this initially kind of kicked off um you know we all are kind of living in that state i guess at the moment of uh, uncertainty maybe we're a little bit scared um and we're, and we're unsure of kind of what's going to happen at the moment and with everybody kind of stuck indoors you know um a lot of people kind of stuck within the same kind of four walls a uh, day in day out um not being able to see friends family things like that the muppets just struck me as an obvious choice to kind of uh be like a kind of beacon of light and hope uh, while uh, while these kind of stressful times are going on. It's a franchise which is essentially about light and colour and love and family and just being, you know, it's just full of brightness. Um, and it just struck me as an obvious choice to recommend people to go back um, and watch those movies. Um, and also, obviously, mm -hmm. Disney Plus, 
kind of conveniently uh, came out on, I think, the first day of lockdown. Um, keep your conspiracy theories to yourself. But um, it came out on the first day of lockdown. Um, and uh, what a better time to revisit those movies because pretty much all of them, except a couple which were made by Sony, um, are there um, for, for streaming. So it just struck me as, as a really kind of good choice to get some kind of positivity into people's lives at the moment. Yeah, definitely. And and like I said today, you know, we're going to be uh, each taking um, a different Muppet film, which kind of represents a different era of the Muppets uh, through their like, you know, vast, like I think it's about like eight theatrically released films. And they've also had like TV specials and TV shows as yes. well, which we can sort of allude to. Um, and yeah, talking about like things you mentioned, you know, like our favorite musical numbers, favorite Muppets, favorite cameos. Those are all the elements which I think make them so famous and make people attached to them so much. Um, but, you know, me and Joe are not alone uh, on talking about the Muppets today. Uh, I, we are joined by my usual co-host, Craig McDonald. Uh, the past few weeks, he has been in a Vietnamese prison. He's been in Downing Street. <laughs> and uh, so my question this week is, where is Craig? I'm at home where every responsible person should be at the moment. Uh. <laughs> Just kidding. Um no, I'm actually in the the Brazilian rainforest at the moment. I've uh, I've taken to the trees. Okay, that's a very safe place to be. Yeah. I mean, animals can't get the coronavirus, so. Oh, well, there's been a few cats that've got it, so. Do you honestly think there are that many cats in the Brazilian rainforest? <laughs> Tigers maybe, I don't know, but yeah, that's probably bad geography on my part. <laughs> that that is horrendous geography on your part. <laughs> the Tiger King maybe he's out there. What we've been doing as well over the last few episodes, guys, is doing our highlight of the week. This is something that we've found entertaining, uh, brought a smile to our face during lockdown. Uh, so we're going to continue that this week. And uh, this week I wanted to highlight um, a very retro character that a lot of people have been talking about with their daily exercises at home. He's made a return to television. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen this, uh, Craig or Joe. It's Mr. Motivator is back on television. Uh, he was on. <laughs> yeah, he was on uh, one of the BBC programs. I think it was like their daily coronavirus update program. And uh, I shared this on the Well Good Movies Facebook page. So uh, go check it out. It's him basically doing his usual Mister Motivated dance, but he's doing it in a sort of coronavirus theme. So you know, he's saying we're checking on the neighbors, and he's like doing crouches, like checking on the neighbors. Are they going for a walk? And he's like crouching up and down, like doing like you know. Uh, looking outside the window he's like we're out in the shops we're getting our essentials and you know he's like adding stuff to the trolley and the two presenters are behind him that is brilliant that is brilliant is he still um is he still wearing the same outfits from the 90s is, is he is he managing to pull off that kind of lycra 90s um outfit that he always used to wear or is he or has he kind of updated his wardrobe since then it's kind of a mix of both really yeah he's kind of got the same lycra outfit and uh, one of the presenters does comment on like the great view he has from behind him as they're doing <laughs> this dance but yeah it's kind of like a, a bit more of a modern lycra so it's not like the pink and teal they would have had back in the 90s but it's uh it's more of a understated like you know gold but it's still of a still of traditional mr motivator mr motivator look brilliant um but yeah it, it's really fun he's doing the sort of adding to the basket stuff and and yeah like i said you know joe you know like I said you would have it's, it's similar to the muppets as well in a way isn't it it's like that kind of you know 
flashback to the 90s and um you know (laughs) colorful characters and that kind of stuff like especially with uh disney i remember waking up um watching gmtv and seeing this guy there dancing and just getting ready for school like what the hell is this it's like we've gone back in time like you since the lockdown we've gone back in time to you know the muppets and uh, mr motivator being on television and uh it's a good time i think uh to be alive right now if that's the case definitely well, what I thought uh, we'd do today to get uh, everyone ready and motivated for a podcast is our own version of a Mr. Motivator motivation sequence. So this is suited for a film podcast motivation. So rather than sort of doing physical exercises, we're going to be doing sort of vocal exercises and uh, the kind of stuff that a film critic or a film commentator needs to get in the mindset for for when they're about to do a film podcast. Uh, so are you guys ready for that yes bring it on hopefully right i'm going to give you instructions as as we go along okay so you just need to listen to my instructions think of me as mr motivator and i'll tell you what to do we need some music to get us in the mood okay why do i feel like i'm about to be violated (laughs) here's our motivational music yeah okay (laughs) are you ready wow (laughs) right We're all getting ready now for film podcasting, guys. And a big part of film podcasting and talking uh, on a microphone is obviously saying character names and saying quite extensive sentences. So we're going to go through um, a bit of a tongue twister to get us in the mood, okay? So I've just messaged into the chat. Craig, you're going to go first. Give us that tongue twister three times. Peter Parker here to pick up a passport, please. Peter Parker here to pick up a passport, please. Peter Parker here to pick up a passport, please. Yes. All right, Joe, your turn. Peter Parker here to pick up a passport, please. Peter Parker here to pick up a passport, please. Peter Parker here to pick up a passport, please. Yes, just like Tom Holland. Well done. <laughs> okay, guys. All right, we're going to keep going. We're going to have another tongue twister here, okay? So we're going to go back to Joe again. We're going to mix it up. And this one is from Harry Potter. Go, Joe. Behaving like a babbling, bumbling band of baboons. Behaving like a babbling, bumble, bumbling band of baboons. Behaving like a babbling, bumble, bumbling band of baboons. <laughs> uh, just, just like Maggie. Right, Craig, over to you. Behaving like a babbling, bumbling band of baboons. Behaving like a babbling, bumbling band of baboons. Behaving like a babbling, bumbling band of baboons. Okay, now, wow. right, now to Peter Parker and behaving like a bumbling band of baboons. Both oh, come on. switch in between. Like... <laughs> Craig first, go. Peter Parker here to pick up a passport, please. Behaving like a babbling, bumbling band of baboons. Peter Parker here to pick up a passport, please. Behaving like a babbling, bumbling band of baboons. Yes, nice one, guys. Right, okay. Now, another big part of film podcast. Well, this is to you and... practicing, by the way, David. <laughs> I'm Mr. Motivator, sorry. <laughs> Peter Parker here to pick up a passport, please. Behaving like a babbling, bumbling band of baboons. Right. Now, uh, a big part of film podcasting and reviewing in general is uh, rating films, uh, giving them our opinions and uh, what we give them out of five. So I'm going to shout out some films to you and I want your five star review as quickly and as responsibly as you can. Okay. so just first thing that comes to your mind, if you haven't seen this film, you still give it a review either way. Okay. so it's out of five. Craig, you first. Lord of the Rings. Five. Guardians of the Galaxy. Five. Mad Max Fury Road. Five. Coco. Four and a half. Snowpiercer. Four and a half. Contagion. Four. Zodiac. Four. Okay, all right, we're over to Joe now. Are you ready, Joe? I'm ready. Okay. Black Panther. Five. Us. Five. No Country for Old Men. Four. Ratatouille. 
Four. The Shawshank Redemption. Five. Black Swan. Four. The Favourite. Four. Never Really, Sometimes Always. Four? I've, I've not <laughs> seen that one. <laughs> no, that's the only one on you I don't recognise. Uh, a, a Quiet Place. Uh, five. And uh, My Neighbour Totoro. Five. Yes. Well done, guys. Give yourselves a round of applause. Well done. Woo! That was fun. I, I Give myself I a round of applause and you the finger, David. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I give myself a round of applause and you the finger. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what are you doing? Well, I'm taking a course in visual thinking. I'm an old hand this job. Watch. Hey, a real watch. With moving parts, no less. How about a delicious cup of Wilkins coffee? No. I do not approve of the violence in their television commercials. What? <laughs> <laughs> I leave a ring around Rosie. But that ends my lecture for today. Hey ho, hey ho, hey ho, hey ho, Timothy Frog here. It's the Muppet Show. Lucky you're a prince because you'd never make it as a gardener. And the winner is. Piggy, you are fired! The comedians of You're dying! Yeah! Uh, that dog! Oh, I'm a sensational visual demonstration! Reports are coming in from all over the world that television news reporters are blowing up. These unlikely rumors have... They were trying to make a point with that sketch. What's the point? You're right. Forget it. <laughs> Said our big topic is the Muppets. A lot of their films are now available on Disney Plus. You can watch the original Muppet movie, The Great Muppet Caper. Also, the newer version with Jason Segal, The Muppets, and Muppets Most Wanted. As well as that, they've got many other films that have been through different studios such as Muppets Take Manhattan and Muppets from Space and we're going to be talking about um, a selection of those movies today which sort of represent the different generations and eras of the Muppets so we can have a conversation as to you know how have the Muppets stuck the test of time and and why maybe they haven't had a film uh, for quite a few years and will they make something on Disney plus you know and why was the TV series maybe not as popular there's, there's quite a lot of things to talk about and like I mentioned earlier um, favorite moments and songs etc so we're going to kick off uh, with Joe. You've got uh, Muppets Take Manhattan, yes? Yeah, yeah. So when you asked me which one I'd like to talk about, uh, um, Muppets Take Manhattan maybe isn't the kind of obvious um, choice, uh, especially of maybe the kind of earlier movies. I know a lot of people are big fans of the Muppet movie, the original Muppet movie, and uh, especially kind of, 
the, uh, them a bit, uh, Great Caper, um, which I know a lot of people are fans of and kind of cite that as being probably one of the best of, of the kind of earlier uh, three movies, uh, pre-90s. Um, the reason I've gone for, for Muppets Take Manhattan um, is because uh, you know, for personal reasons, um, specifically uh, the fact that I remember years ago I was going through a particularly kind of bad time in my life and um, was looking for something to kind of cheer me up. And every day for like a week, I would kind of seek out a film which I'd never kind of seen before um, and uh, which, which seemed kind of uplifting. And I would hopefully pick up my spirits. Um, I watched Harvey with Jim Stewart, films like that, you know, and, and a lot of those movies have, have become kind of firm favorites now um, through my life. And uh, one of those movies was uh, The Muppets Take Manhattan. Um, it, it's a film which I've kind of always, it's always kind of been in the background of my life. Uh, my grandfather uh, was a big kind of Muppets fan. Um, he would kind of make my, uh, mother watch it with him uh, as a kid and um, vice versa when I used to get looked after by my grandfather he would kind of um, you know kind of have the Muppets on in the background and, and things like that so it's a way of kind of feeling close to my grandfather um, and, and also it is just a lovely kind of uh, uplifting movie um, so that's kind of why I went for the Muppets Take Manhattan as kind of my uh, personal choice, um, but also because I, I think it's an interesting movie um, in general, the production of the movie. Um, there's a lot of kind of interesting stories about it, um, which you can obviously find on IMDb and things like that. Um, this was the kind of first movie which Jim Henson took a little bit of a backseat on. Um, he had, I think he'd finished uh, uh, Muppet Caper um, and was uh, finishing The Dark Crystal, um, as I understand it, and was just exhausted uh, after making those two movies back to back. And, you know, if you've seen The Dark Crystal, which I'm sure you guys have, um, there's no surprise as to why yeah, you would probably yep. be exhausted after making that movie. Yeah, um, exactly. So he, uh, he decided to kind of hand over the reins, so to speak, to Frank Oz, um, who was obviously a big player in, in the Muppets uh, from, from day one, uh, and a very talented individual. Um, so this was kind of the first kind of Muppet movie which Frank Oz kind of took a, a, a heavy kind of interest in and, and kind of directed it and rewrote the script um, so it would be less jokey and more kind of uh, more revolve around the relationship between uh, the Muppets. And I think that's one of the reasons I like this movie, maybe compared to something like uh, the original Muppet movie or um, the great Muppet caper, um, because it is, it's still got those set pieces, which you love, uh, you know, which, which you've got to have in the Muppets. Um, and, and it specifically kind of has those set pieces revolving around the Muppets kind of going off in different directions and bringing them back together again um, at the end, which I think is, is key to the Muppets when you kind of send the characters um, on their own and bring them back together. And that's kind of a trope which kind of keeps appearing in the kind of later Muppet movies as well, specifically, you know, the, the kind of recent kind of Muppets revival. Um, so you've got those set pieces and they're great, but it's not as kind of 
silly kind of specific kind of like one-off kind of jokes all the way through it's got a good story i really love the story to it and i really love the specifically the kind of plot line with miss piggy um kind of uh you know kind of stalking kermit through new york um because she's jealous and his uh, relationship with jenny yeah I love that storyline, and I do think there are some movies where Miss Piggy kind of takes a, a back seat and maybe isn't in it as much. I find that she can sometimes, as a character, come in very late in the game. She comes in kind of late in the game in the original Muppet movie. Um, I don't think we meet her until like 50 minutes in. Same with like Treasure Island, Muppet Treasure Island. Um, but in this one, she gets a really good kind of plot line, uh, stalking Kermit through the cities and uh, <laughs> through the Manhattan streets, which I love. Um, and yeah, I just I just love the story of it. I love the themes of it. And I think it, it kind of actually um, does its best to craft a, a really kind of uh, interesting, investable kind of, uh, investable story um, of for them a bit, as opposed to kind of going right. These are the jokes that we're going to have. These are the cameos that we're going to have. And really, for um, compared to like the Muppet movie, which has like Steve Martin and Richard Pryor, you know, this uh, the Muppets take Manhattan doesn't really have a lot of kind of cameos, certainly not ones which kind of leap off the page. You have Joan Rivers, Liza Minnelli, uh, which are kind of the big ones, but other ones I think people would maybe watch and kind of not really know who they are. Um, so I think I like the fact that it's kind of turning away. It's the first kind of Muppet movie to really kind of turn away from who's the cameos we can get, what's, what jokes are we going to have um, to actually kind of go, well, we, we're going to tell a, a story um, and, and kind of develop the relationship between the Muppets, which I think is is really bold. Jim Henson Home Entertainment presents Jump on Board for Big Time Fun. What are we waiting for? Let's go to Broadway! The Muppets are hitting the Big Apple. Bafo Sacco's far out, right on. In search of their big break. We sold the show. The producer wants to put it on Broadway. Come on, everybody. New York City will never be the same. Here we go. Together on, together again. They like it. They love it. Jim Henson's The Muppets Take Manhattan. In the scene where um, they're in Central Park, um, there's a story of like a kid who kind of walks up to Jim Henson, completely ignores Jim Henson. Obviously, he's, he's operating Kermit um, and just starts having a conversation with Kermit. Um, and Jim Henson is just like replying and having a full on conversation with this young child um, as Kermit. And then before you know it, like loads of kids have just gathered around and like Jim Henson is like putting on a, a, a Muppet show, like a private kind of Muppet show for all these kids in, in Central Park. And, and you know, like the fact that they don't even acknowledge Jim Henson, the kind of man operating Kermit, um, and they believe that Kermit is there, I think is just lovely. Um, so the story of the production, I, I, I really love. Um, and the film, you know, I just love the musical numbers. I love Together Again. I love um, Always Gonna Love You. I think that's a really kind of upbeat, uh, really kind of uh, exciting song. Um, and yeah, and like it's it's the kind of first film as well to like kind of develop Rizzo before, Riz, before Muppets Take Manhattan. Um, you know, we didn't really kind of, Rizzo didn't really have a character. He kind of appeared 
in you know a couple of Muppet show episodes, oh. things like that, and kind of in the background. But Muppets Take Manhattan was like the first time where you know Rizzo kind of had a personality, and obviously he went on to become a real kind of key player to the Muppet franchise. So I think that's really interesting as well. Um, and yeah, I just think it's a lovely film. Which whenever I'm down, you know, whenever and especially in these times when things are like you know really all over the place and really scary for people it's just a film which just kind of comforts me and um yeah i i just love it love it to pieces yes i think what you said is that it does encapsulate a lot of great aspects of the muppets and um yeah it was one that i was less familiar with uh growing up um and i remember i had the same sort of experience as you it was few might be still a good 10 years ago or so, but I remember it was on a Christmas time and I was like, oh, I haven't really seen that Muppet movie or at least not since I was a kid. I, You know, you sort of get mixed up sometimes between which was which when, when you were younger. So I recorded that one and ironically, yeah, I was, I was watching it with my granddad who was so like uh, had dementia at the time and I thought, oh, well, this might be, you know, again, he didn't really have any affiliation to the Muppets or watched it like uh, with your granddad, but I thought this might be something familiar that he can sort of like see and be like, oh, I know those characters or whatever. So yeah. I remember watching that like, you know, one sort of like morning uh, around the Christmas holidays and and yeah, he did sort of seem to like, you know, smile and, and laugh and stuff. And, and that is the magic of the Muppets, like you said, with that story about um, Jim Henson interacting with those families and those children is... I was watching one of the scenes. I can't remember what sort of stood out to me, but I was thinking it's just a piece of felt on a hand. And like, it's somehow the character, they just come to life. And like, even though the character doesn't even have blinking eyes or like, I think it was when I was looking at Fozzie, like, um, and how he was just sort of like, sometimes when you look at a character when they're in the background or when they're just stood next to another Muppet that isn't talking or flapping their mouth, I was looking at the other character trying to, to look at them and be like do I still believe that this is that character and I was like I do because it's just something about it because they put such subtlety into into the way that they move their hands or tilt their head um that yeah it just makes that character come to life and you fully buy them as a, as a fully breathing you know character it, it's amazing absolutely and I think that's what I've always loved about the Muppets as well and you sound like an insane person saying it, but, you know, I think you you believe that Kermit exists. You believe that all these characters are real players in, in this, in this madcap world. Um, and, and I love the fact that, you know, the, the celebrities kind of treat, treat it that way as well. You know, you can, you can tell that whoever they have on like the kind of cameos and stuff that they have, it's never kind of like wink, wink, this is silly. You know, they, yeah. they kind yeah. of interact with the Muppets as if they are real. And, and that's why, you know, a part of their, their appeal, I think. Yeah. You can always tell it's not like a paycheck gig. It seems like the, the, the cameo is from a genuine Muppet fan. They're not just there because, you know, they're like, oh, that you know, kids will love this if I do it. It's like, no, I want to be there because I like the Muppets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's also a part in the original Muppet movie. You said about uh, Miss Piggy sort of always has like a back seat or appears later in the film. That's why I found weird rewatching the original Muppet movie is the fact that she literally goes, oh, my agent has just called me for like an advert that I'm doing. Bye. And just walks yes. off. And then. And then just comes back the immediate scene after on the road anyway. And I'm like, what happened? I was like, that, I found that really weird in that film. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think I think that's part of my issue with those first 
two movies that like I love them. Okay, they're they're great. They, you know, like I said, any Muppet movie I think has its you know good qualities and is guaranteed to make you smile. And you know, you play Rainbow Connection and that kind of final sequence in the original Muppet movie. You know, it's a beautiful, moving, uplifting kind of moment. Um, but yeah, with with Miss Piggy in in that movie specifically, you know she does play a, take take a backseat, and and it's kind of like I said, it's happened in other films, you know, through you know no no fault of the writers, I guess, you know, but like in uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, Muppet Treasure Island, things like that, she does her character, you know, but by the kind of source material, um, doesn't really have a lot to do. So I think it's nice when you because. Um, Miss Piggy and Kermit are kind of, you know, central to the the Muppet franchise. I think that's why Muppets Take Manhattan specifically kind of stands out for me because it is one which develops um, develops the, the relationship a bit more than just her kind of going, oh, I've got a call from an agent, and then just kind of, yeah, like I said, appearing randomly in the next scene. One of my favourite kind of Muppet sequences ever because it's so something so simple but i don't know why and, and this is, is the muppet effect as well they can take something so simple and it, it went through the performances or whatever they it ju- they're just hysterical so the scene where kermit um, gets amnesia and um he ends up walking into a marketing office with like uh, frogs called jill <laughs> bill <laughs> and gill i i just I, I just it just makes me laugh every time i'm like oh hello bill i'm gill and this is Jill and you know (laughs) something so simple but hilarious and I hadn't realized that that is what obviously not the amnesia I hope but um, Jim Henson had a brief stint in marketing after kind of failing um, to kind of get you know um, the Muppets and things off of the ground after leaving university Um, and then after that brief stint in marketing is is when obviously he started to kind of develop the Muppets and the Muppet show kind of came into fruition so I like that fact as well that it is probably the most personal to Jim Henson's kind of personal story as well yeah and I think um, also like at the end of, you know, you were saying about the the original movie and, you know, like the lyrics you get from the songs, which are in Muppets Take Manhattan, like um, Together Again is, uh, you know, a, a big one for a lot of people. Uh, but I think um, the, the song at the end of the original one, like really sort of sticks with people where like Kermit says, life's like a movie, write your own ending, keep believing, keep pretending. Uh, we done just what we set out to do, which is, you know, a great message. And I think you can that literally just sounds like it's coming directly from Henson himself. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that that is um, a big part of it as well, is Henson and his big heart and, you know, his ideas and, you know, quite progressive ideas, really, from like, you know, for the kind of late 70s, early 80s in in, in America, you know, about kind of free love and, and um, you know, everybody kind of being, uh, you know, the, the same and, you know, not judging people in acceptance, you know, for like late 70s, kind of early 80s. That's, that's a big deal in, in America, definitely. Uh, the last two elements, Joe. Uh, what so? What is your favorite cameo from that film, and your favorite Muppet in that film? Um, so my favorite cameo in um, Muppet Take Manhattan has got to be the Joan Rivers one, and I think the reason I like that again, it kind of revolves around Miss Piggy, and there's a lot of Miss Piggy love uh, coming uh, my my way uh, on, on this show. 
Um, but yeah, it involves Miss Piggy. Um, obviously, she's working. She's just seen Kermit with Jenny, and um, she's frustrated and angry. And she's kind of working on on a beauty counter in, in like a big department store. And Joan Rivers is her colleague. Um, and uh, Joan Rivers starts kind of making up Miss Piggy to look pretty and putting rouge on her cheeks and things like that. And it's a funny sequence anyway. Um, but again, like the the background of that that whole scene um, is is that Frank Oz was obviously who voices Miss Piggy anyway um, and directing it. It just wasn't working at at the beginning. Um, There was something not quite right. Him and Joan Rivers just weren't gelling. Um, I'm not exactly sure, but um, you you read like up on the behind the scenes and that moment just wasn't working at all. Um, So Frank God suggested they have a couple of gin and tonics. And I think after a couple (laughs) of gin and tonics, um, the scene suddenly comes to life. So once you know that story, especially, and you kind of watch that sequence and see how kind of madcap it gets towards the end of the sequence and how Joan Rivers just having a, is just kind of having a free for all um, and, uh, and and doing Miss Piggy's makeup. Uh, you can tell that, you know, they probably had a little bit to drink there. Um, and that's kind of why it, get, it, it gets so kind of out of control. And, and I, I love it for that. Um, my favorite Muppet in that movie um, I don't know why, because he doesn't really do a lot. Um, And that's often the case, I find, with these Muppet movies. Sometimes it's the character, all it takes is one character to do one thing and and they can steal the show. I really love Rolf in uh, Muppets Take Manhattan. Um, I think mainly because I love his um, storyline, where he... Um, kind of goes off because uh, he doesn't want to kind of burden Kermit anymore, and they all go off on their separate journeys. And Rolf, and, and he's a dog as well, so that's that's plus point as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I love dogs anyway, but um, <laughs> um, the fact that he's working at um, like a dog pound or whatever, he, he's you know, um, I think it's hilarious. And that whole sequence um, where um, a dog is brought in, a really pampered dog. Um, and he's just kind of like staring at the owner as if he's absolutely insane. And then it kind of culminates in, in this moment where all the dogs start howling because they want to go home and Rolf is like, me too. And then he starts howling. I don't know why it just cracks me up every single time. So I really like Rolf is, is an underrated character anyway. I think, I think he has some great lines in every one of those movies. Um, but he, for some reason, um, steals that steals the show for me in, um, a bit stick Manhattan. Yeah, he has he has some great moments throughout the entire series. I think Jim Henson in one of the documentaries says the Rolf is the one that he saw most associates himself or links himself to. There's the most of Jim in Rolf. I think I've seen something like that before. Oh right, you okay. Definitely see that. You definitely see that in the original cool. movie where he has that song where he's like um, something better comes around. That's a yes. great scene in, in the original. Um, and like I said, even in the newer ones, like Craig, you're, you have a favorite moment from like the newer Muppet movie, which was kind of in the end game we recently had, didn't you? Oh, is that um, uh, the car reunion shot? And they were yeah. just like, wow, everyone's like really meaningful, uh, meaningful catch up. It's like, like, why didn't you show my backstory? It's like, well, and then just cuts to him in the hammock. It's like, Rolf? Yeah. Want to get back together? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just the simplicity of it. It's just the way he looks at them as well. It's just that sort of just like he was literally just like just out of it. And he's like, yeah, fine. <laughs> that is a great moment. It's things like that, which I think makes the Muppets 
work as as well as it does just those kind of little cutaways and just having the this world of characters who they can literally like pluck from from nowhere you know they could it could be pepe in in one movie can can have these kind of moments to shine it can be rolf in others and i think that's that's a great thing you never know who's kind of gonna you know kind of outshine the rest of them a bit Welcome to a house where the normal routine... Good morning, everyone. The raspberry flapovers will be out in a moment. ...is anything but... <laughs> the kitchen is closed. <laughs> the Muppets are back. They all had their place in the world. Except for Gonzo. I've always wondered where I came from, who I am. Hey, Gonzo, don't you think you ought to take a little break? You're starting to freak out the neighbors. Now, he's about to find out he's not alone. I know where I come from! I'm from outer space! You look terrible! No, 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 Rizzo. I'm just fine. Oh my God! Oh my God! <laughs> People of Earth, do not be alarmed. Oh, brother. Get ready for alien contact. Rizzo, come here. My Captain Alphabet is sending me a message. It said, are you there? Are you sure it didn't say, are you nuts? Close encounters. <laughs> and other shocking moments. La, 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 la. Wow. I should uh, go change, okay? The mothership is calling me home. The mood is tense. My hair looks great. Oh, oh. Let's, Let's go, go get, get Gonzo. Columbia Pictures and Jim Henson Pictures. Now, who went and put too much gunpowder in the cannon? Take you where no Muppet has gone before. This is Miss Piggy with the UFO Alien Exclusive. What? Hello. This is my story. <laughs> there he is. From space. No nostrils. How do you smell? Awful. Trust me, I'm his roommate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is my first time dealing with this film, and I'm not gonna lie, it was it was hard for me to get into just on a on a base level because I mean you told me right before uh seeing it that this wasn't a musical, which sort of put me off a bit. Because one of the things I love about the Muppets are just the the really weird song sequences and also just the emotional connection. So just to go to a film then that just doesn't have any of that. And it's, it's more of a traditional film in that sense. Um, you do get musical moments, but they're basically just uh, songs playing in the background and really, really trying to hype up the vibe of it being the seventies, despite the fact that it doesn't really play that much of a part in the film apart from the fact that there are hippies driving around like i thought the film was like was enjoyable as like every single muppets film is it's just i I wouldn't say it's my favorite because a lot of the focus of this story is on gonzo and the fact that he's trying not to be he doesn't want to be alone anymore he wants to find um find out what kind of creature he is and uh it turns out that he's an alien and uh his alien uh family i guess uh are basically on the on the way to the planet so a lot of the film is basically just following gonzo and a lot of the jokes they try and put around him are just the the absurdity of the messages he sent like there's a scene where they take over some of his uh like 
alphabet cereal and at one point they transfer into a sandwich and the sandwich is just talking to him and he wants to eat he what he just wants to eat the sandwich and he's just like is it gonna hurt he's like no no i'm i'm not here it's like okay yeah honestly you can just eat me at any time it's like okay I, i'm trying to eat you but oh sorry about that <laughs> yeah just go ahead and eat me it's like just stuff, stuff like that and I know. I just would have liked more focus on the other Muppets. Like, uh, like I find it bizarre that Kermit really has like no no place in this film, apart from just being the usual sort of Muppets leader. And like Kermit is usually one of my favorites, um, just because he's more of the like sort of straight manny approach to things. And I think in the world of the Muppets, I find that just the most endearing. But um, yeah, everyone everyone else does have like good moments to shine i i mean like rizzo and Pe- uh peppy the prawn just consistently trolling gonzo just have like some great moments where like they convince him to like make a jacuzzi and they just play and it just comes out right at the end with where like after gonzo has just made the aliens like one thing i don't understand is why did they want me to build a jacuzzi for them and they're like <laughs> <laughs> the sort of usual stuff you'd expect from like a from like an alien low-key film in that there's a there's a space a- agency called a uh, covnet uh being led by uh, a character played by jeffrey tambor um who gets really really aggressive whenever anyone's laughing at him which nobody really is in this film so he's just every now and then just screams stop laughing at me like, <laughs> all right cheers mate Miss Piggy is basically still trying to become like a news anchor and is still her like badass self with probably one of my favorite favorite fight scenes in the Muppet film because like uh some of the government agents who are like who have basically taken Gonzo she basically chases one down and you think it's just going to be like her karate chopping uh this guy once and then everything for no this guy just full on punches her in the face <laughs> several times <laughs> and, and she's there like oh yeah you think that's going to be enough punches her over and over I'm like good god that's Miss Piggy what are you doing eventually she does like she does the usual thing of just kick him in the balls and then he falls down to the f- floor but then the way she looks when she then jumps on him she basically sort of has this like screaming face of like <sighs> just douses the guy I was pretty certain that she kicked him in in, in the nuts and uh yeah, it just reminds me of a great uh, com- uh, review I saw the other day of uh, the new Clone Wars series. And Hello Greedo just said, ah, the Clone Wars has now made its way into the long line of films that has uh, uh, nut kicks in it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure of all the Muppet films, Muppets from Space would be the one that has that in it. Yeah. Also, I'm just surprised that they don't, they just don't do more with the aliens. I mean, like, they, they get to the point where the aliens do arrive and they spend, like, a lot of a long time introducing this spaceship and just seeing it fly down and it's really well done and then like the aliens sort of pop out play celebrations um which is like the only live musical number of the film so if i had to choose a favorite song from the film it's that by default because it's the only one performed the rest just make it feel yeah. like i'm watching scooby-doo because one of the songs is in scooby-doo and then they basically say all right gonzo we're going home and he's like and he says the sort of you know what this is my home okay and then they basically just go again no it's kind of just like Like they uh, shoot gonzo from a cannon which is which is fun but they just don't do much more than that they're kind of trying to pay tribute to sort of like the et third encounters in terms of like you know the spaceship arrives at the end to you know to come and take the person kind of thing but it's but yeah like i said it 
it's weird in a Muppet movie that that then leads to them not having much. I just think there are more creative ways you can sort of go go about it. I I think that in paying homage, they basically do it in a really stereotypical safe way. And I think that's just the one thing I never usually associate the Muppets with is just being safe. And I think that's what that's what this film felt like to me. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right there, Craig, because I think, you know, the Muppets are insane and anything can happen in a Muppet movie. So to have like this picture yeah. of like we're literally going to do a Muppet movie based around space. I think there are so many different avenues they could have gone down, like you said, as opposed to something which is completely safe and, you know, just like an Earth setting. Like, set it in space. Just have the Muppets in space. Yeah. So when David uh, sent me the title of the film I was going to be looking at today, he accidentally sent me the wrong title. And I basically pointed out that changes the film drastically. Because <laughs> he said, oh, you're going, to be look- you're going to be watching Muppets in space. And I was like... <laughs> I was like, yeah, that sounds great. But then when I looked it up and it's Muppets from space, I was like, oh. Yeah, I think oh. I get mixed up with Power Rangers in space. <laughs> <laughs> That's a TV show. I don't know. I just would have liked to have had like songs in it. I find because this is the only yeah, this is the only film without like original songs in. Right. Am I right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. From what? Yeah. yeah. Like all the actual official theatrically released ones. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, what? Okay, fine, I guess. Um, it very much sticks to that trope of like the '90s or early 2000s films of having, you know, you know, spy kids and you know all this kind of like, you know, the safe sort of like fun family film with you know references and fight scenes and it, it's very much of that that generation I feel, and that's why it comes across as more safe and like you said, without things like musical numbers, which needed other Disney films and stuff to maybe make the stride until they could feel more comfortable to do it. Yeah, because, like, they also have, like, a seg- a segment where they have to use, like, sort of spy-ish, like, gadgets. But even then, they're just used in the very traditional sense. Like, Miss Piggy is given, like, brain control spray, and she just uses it to be like, God, let us pass. It's like, okay, and weather girl, I'm, or news anchor, I'm taking your job. Okay. Uh, and like invisible spray. In fairness, they do have a good joke with the invisible spray, where like Fozzie starts washing his hands after going to the bathroom, and everyone's like, "Fozzie, you didn't wash your hands, did you?" It's like my mom said after always going to the bathroom, you wash your hands. It's like not when you're wearing invisible spray, you're not. And, like no exceptions, my mom said. <laughs> He's just there, like you could just see his hands <laughs> flying around, and this and the security guard is like, "Stop! Put your hands up." I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same scene where that woman is like in love with animal i was intrigued by your thoughts or reactions to that she's like really like lusting over animal like oh is the animal yeah that's that's kathy griffin by the way um oh, okay yeah so like i it's hard to watch it is hard to watch now because literally he animals just running after her just screaming like woman 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 <laughs> That's a regular thing with Animal, I notice, because in Muppets Take Manhattan, he has that exact same moment where he's chasing a receptionist, just yelling woman. And um, yeah, I was a little bit uncomfortable <laughs> watching that myself yesterday. And then they come back and it turns out that like they had a thing and, and he's basically leaving her. She's like, you can't leave me like this. He's he's like, Miko now. It's <laughs> like, ugh. I don't know what's worse, if it's just him chasing or if it just turns out that, like, it worked. I'm just like, uh, animal, why? 
The Muppet that always stands out to me in that film and the the sort of scenes is the uh the scientist and the rat stuff where he's just like, I'm gonna oh, be doing yeah. a brain scan and all this and he's like you sort of never see that that scientist ever again. Um and yeah, like obviously the 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 rats have like a, a breakout sort of moment and everything. See, for me, the more impactful scientist was actually because I'm assuming you're talking about the Muppet scientist, right? Yeah, yeah. For me, it was actually the human scientist who was just like who was just treating the rats like a prison, and he's like, "Right, we're gonna put you through the maze. No one escapes from the maze." And like just doing those experiments with Rizzo, and it's just like, "Right, you want me? So you give me cheese or rat poison? Let me see. Cheese, rat poison. Cheese, rat poison. Obviously, I'm gonna go for the cheese. Just hits by a fo- a boxing glove on a on a stick." <laughs> later in the film it's just like right you've given me cheese and rat poison again but i assume you want me to go for the cheese but obviously i'm going to go for the rat poison this time because you wouldn't actually give me rat poison this time and then still gets punched by a boxing glove on a stick there's some great physical gags in there and i will say with the with my bits from space it is not one of my favorites absolutely but it has got one of my favorite ever kind of physical Muppet gags and that's um again something really simple Briss when uh, they're doing security clearance and they've got to do like an optical scanner and uh Bobo the bear goes up and um he like goes and then the doors open and um the the way they've like designed his pupils are like so like tiny in the, his eyes it just cracks me up every time to the point where like there's specifically a youtube video of that moment which i could just watch over and over again yeah well to be fair but uh in this film bobo was my favorite muppet it was just a case of like i, I just loved his naivety in a lot of in a lot of scenes and just oh i just look where these with it then just having to drive that cement mixer is just great for me. It's just like, can't you drive this anymore? What? I'm doing 30. <laughs> I, just, I just also love it. It's like where he's walking around, around like, ooh, giving dinner, giving dinner. Over here is like, ooh, didn't hear that, didn't hear that. <laughs> yeah. just, I think it's just because he was given like the most time in the film. So. And what would be your favorite cameo? Yeah, so it was between two. And because I, for moral reasons, I can't stand Rob Schneider. Um, <laughs> I think for me, it's got to be Hulk Hogan, where he comes in as a security guard and just stays in character as Hulk Hogan, <laughs> announcing his next wrestling match. And they're like, uh, uh, Hogan is like, oh, right, yeah, yeah. And just grabs Gonzo <laughs> and just drags him away. <laughs> just like this most unsubtle cameo I think I've seen in a while for a play team. <laughs> so, how do you feel about it in the connectivity between something like Muppet Treasure Island, which is completely different, and then you know the muppets which was the next film after that. like we we briefly mentioned about how you know they were then able to do like the more musical approach because of maybe films that come out in between from space and the muppets but how did you find how do you find in your mind that transition between treasure island and like do you think they did it because treasure island maybe wasn't as successful or i think it more felt like it was just trying to be on trend with everything going on around it the thing is as well uh muppets treasure island is my favorite muppets film um because i think even though they are like remaking like you know uh a quite famous uh story they put so much creativity into so many of the jokes that to go from that to from space just felt like a massive letdown for me i think um with with, with muppet treasure island i mean it is 
such an accomplished film in, in general, really. I think I think take away the yeah. Muppets and it's still a great movie. I actually watched it last night for the first time in ages, and I'd forgotten that Hans Zimmer did the soundtrack for it. Um, obviously, like it shows. like seven years, yeah, and like seven years later, obviously, you know, he was doing Pirates, so it felt it feels like a kind of audition for for Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, but yeah, like the soundtrack and like. The, the 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 original numbers are, are great as well and it's just a great adventure yeah. movie with muppets the production so I, design alone is just fantastic yeah just like i i just i can just remember so so much of the scenery and just thinking wow this is incredible like like all of the stuff with the ships and like the actual like sort of temple-esque scenes with like miss piggy and like her, her worshippers just all of that was just amazing and just also, just like one of the best ensemble cast of Muppets for me, purely because I just love the scene. Uh, I still love the scene where they're doing the roll call. Yes, yeah, and they have like that's one of my favorites. Yeah, <laughs> they have like old Tom, older Tom, dead Tom. <laughs> <laughs> and just the jokes they do with him. There's like they killed dead Tom. It's like he was always dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another moment I thought of when you guys were saying from Muppet Treasure Island. I love the moment with the. Uh, the native pigs come in uh, and they're like, you know, free our, our queen. And then uh, Lord John Silver just shoots one of their hats and they're like, hmm, we see you have boom-boo sticks. Bye-bye. <laughs> and, <they just laughs> and like, it's all the music goes off again and they like hurry away. It's just like, because they have such a grand entrance. And and yeah, like I said, the, the music at the beginning is amazing. Uh, they really set the tone with our like, you know, um, uh, Shiver My Timbers song and I love Billy Connolly in it. He's amazing. Um, and Tim Curry is Long John Silver. Will always be Long John Silver to me. Like, it's, it's an amazing performance. Yeah. And the relationship between be him beaten. and Jim Hawkins, like, it's, it's such an interesting relationship to watch as well. And um, the chemistry between the two is, is terrific. It's definitely where that relationship is done right, where, like, there's a lot of affection, but also still an, an element of underhandedness. I think other adaptations have tried to big up the connection between like uh, John and Jim as being like, you know what, I'm I'm I don't want to screw you over more. Where I was just like, no, he is a he is a pirate. Let's not be, you know, let let's be realistic about this fact. Um, and also just the fact that they. Uh, have a lot of new Muppets in there to be the pirate ones because obviously not many Muppets look like they'd be appropriate for, for pirates. So there's a lot of new Muppets, um, which when I was watching Muppets Most Wanted, they like double up some of the pirate Muppets as the prisoners in the Russian uh, gulag, which I thought was clever. Oh, I'd never noticed that before. Yeah. It's, oh, that's wild. Funny. Transitioning on from Muppets from Space, we've got uh, the Muppets, which came out, which was uh, written by Jason Segal and featured like Amy Adams. Um, and it was a great revival for for the Muppets and introduced new characters like Walter. It was directed by James Bobbin, who has gone on to do uh, Dora the Explorer, which might be a reason which you actually like that film, Craig. Yeah, makes perfect uh, sense to me. Dora the and, Explorer uh, is a cracking movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it really is. <laughs> Yeah, he also did Alice Through the Looking Glass. So obviously he's, you know, he's had a good relationship with Disney. Um, and he continued to do Muppets Most Wanted as well after doing the Muppets. So Jason Segal did not stay on for this because he felt he did what he wanted to do in um, in reviving the Muppets. 
And uh, yeah, I, I thought to cover this one because it is interesting because it is the last theatrically released Muppet movie we had. And, you know, at this stage, you know, it might be the last one we have for a very long time, especially with streaming services as popular as they are now. They might feel that the Muppets are more, you know, well placed on something like Disney Plus. And this movie did take less money than the the Muppets did. Um, but I think it's still... Uh, an interesting one to look at because it goes into the same aspects that the great Muppet Capo or Muppets Take Manhattan has of, oh, we need to now do a sequel to this big story. How do we go about it? So it still has the elements of like genre bending and paying tribute to certain types of uh, film genres, specifically here being the kind of Pink Panther crime type films. And yeah, I feel that like this one is overlooked in the sense of some of the songs and some of the great character moments in it. I don't think it's as funny as uh, the original Muppet movie or the Muppets, which uh, Jason Segal did. Um, but it definitely has some great uh, moments in it, which I forgot about them, which uh, really do bring a smile to my face. And I think the unfortunate thing for this film is that you've got actors like Tina Fey, uh, Ricky Gervais, Ty Burrell. They've all proved themselves to be very good comedians, but you know they very much do succeed on television and they haven't really made much of a film career for themselves as much as they tried, um, they're still mainly doing TV work. So I think that's what sort of brought this film down is that it kind of made itself a bit more like a TV film. Uh, interestingly, originally, uh, Christoph Waltz was meant to play the detective character that Ty Burrell plays, um, but okay. a scheduling conflict came up. But I think that would have been really interesting if he did play that role because he does have a cameo still in the film. But I th- I think that that would have elevated the film and the storyline that they go with of like Sam, the Eagle and uh, the detective, like forming this bond and being really upset when they have to separate. Um, I feel the Tyrell couldn't carry that as well as like it would have with Christoph Waltz um, because Tyrell just seems like a nice guy. Whereas Christoph Waltz, it would be more funny to have that sort of like, Oh, we're going to have to split up now kind of thing. And, um, but I, I, I still think Tyrell does bring another element to it that maybe um, Christoph Waltz couldn't. I think it is like a great Muppet movie. It, it sticks in line with a lot of the things we've seen in the past. Um, I think it's one of my one of my favorite soundtracks for the actual musical numbers. Uh, so as you know, I, I still find the Christmas Carol and Treasure Island is still some of my all time favorites. Um, but I think compared to the Muppets, this actually has a better soundtrack. Um, you know, we've got we're doing a sequel. I'm number one. The Big House. I'll get you what you want. Uh, the interrogation song, Something So Right and Together Again is played at the end. So it's a good mix of paying tribute to like previous films, but also playing up that comic humor of like, you know, they realize they're in a film. We're doing a sequel, very much sings about the tropes of of sequels. It's a bit of a, a, a bummer to like start the film on that. I can understand some people's criticism that you're starting with a song that says the sequel's never quite as good. So I understand some people's criticism that that's maybe not the best way to open the film. But I think as well, the fact that they have, for me, part of the issue with the introduction of the film as well, is they have two people who are basically meant to be Amy Adams and Jason Segel, and they're just not. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, what a way to to big up this film if the the two original actors wouldn't come back for like a 30 second cameo. Yeah, it's just the back of some like, Badly cast extras. The world's greatest criminal has stolen the greatest treasures, escaped the greatest prisons, 
and he bears a strong resemblance to someone you know. It's not easy being mean. <laughs> it's Constantine, the world's most dangerous frog. Check this out. Ah! Oh, look, it's Kermit. Ah! Ah! Oh, what did you do with Kermit? There must be some mistake. I'm Kermit the Frog. I'm not Constantine. You're going to be here a while. Hi-ho, Kermit the Frog here. Kermit the Frog here. I am Kermit. And now you guys have all the freedom you want. What? When do I do the indoor running of the bulls? <laughs> I can't watch. Dominic, international tour manager. Dominic. Bad guy? Bad G. It's French. Oh. My name will go down in history as greatest thief of all time. You mean our names, right? Of course. My name first, then spacebar, 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 your name. Hit it, boys. This spring. Do you guys think that Kermit's been acting a little weird lately? That's ridiculous. He's never been more caring or devoted to me. Yeah, that's what we're saying. Ricky Gervais, Ty Burrell, and Tina Fey. This is my cow. It is illegal now for its massive size. Plus, so many Hollywood stars, it'll leave you wanting more. Yeah, no more. <laughs> waka waka. There's only one guy in this world who can save us. Only one frog who can restore order. Let's get out of here. Bring justice and set things right. You are talking about Kermit, Red. CIA, Interpol. This is my travel badge. Here's my real badge. You must have been looking at the wrong badge. You were saying? Muppet, most wanted. Zegma! I am not Constantine. Lights off! Turn them back on. I can't see anything. You'll have to wait till I'm like out of the hallway. Everybody's feeling alright. Yeah, the music is done by Brett McKenzie, who has worked on Flight of the Concords with James Bobbin before. Um, so I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think by here, maybe he has a lot more creative freedom. The film seems like it's centered around the musical numbers rather than in the previous film where the musical numbers are just thrown in. Like, I think I'm Having a Me Party is like one of the worst Muppet songs they've ever had um, with Amy <laughs> Adams, just because it's just so stupid and unnecessary. Um Harsh. Whereas, like in this song, in this, it's on the pantheon of like you know, obviously all Muppet songs are great, but it's just that that's unfortunately one of the lower ones. But also, but you Harsh. think of some of the moments in these ones, you think like, "I'll get you what you want." Like, what a great song! You got like Constantine there with his weird like Muppet uh, Kermit impression, like uh, making rhymes to like unicorn and um, you want to sing him a bar, I'll give it to you, and, <laughs> and weird and great lyrics like that. Um, you've got uh, I'm number one where he has like, again, that sort of like funny Russian voice is sort of like bigged up as he's sort of like uh, making Ricky Gervais feel terrible, uh, which probably like puts a smile on a lot of people who don't like Ricky Gervais's face. Um, you got the big house, which again is really fun. You got like um, Danny Trejo just there as like one of the weirdest like um, cameos in the film playing a, a prisoner at this uh, gulag. You got Tina Fey just singing about, you know, how the uh, Gulag is Russia's state-funded pre- uh, premier hotel. Um, 
and then my favorite song which is the interrogation song because my favorite muppet and my favorite muppet in this film is uh sam the eagle um he like i said we've talked about muppet treasure island so you'll understand why you know that's one of my favorite films because he has a great role in that as mr arrow so in this film i was really glad to see that he had a big role because he didn't really do much in in the muppets so here he has that great joke with ty burrell about like the 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 badge where like they're trying to like who's got the, the bigger um badge for the cia um or interpol and he sort of gets like james mcavoy delivers his like giant badge statue which uh trumps ty burrell um, but the interrogation song is just a great example of like using the muppet humor but also showing the the clash of uh, Sam the Eagle, who's so stoic and so serious and has those great eyebrows and so serious look. And then mixing it with the silly comedy of when Ty Burrell is all like flirting with Miss Piggy and gets pissed off at his, uh, his pig puns. Um, also, if you listen to it on the soundtrack, which I recommend people do, they cut out a few great jokes. Uh, one of them being when they're going through like each Muppet and they're giving different answers. The Swedish chef uh, in the song and in the film says, uh, like uh, cheeky. Um, but in that's all this in, in the film. But in the soundtrack, they then go, um, can we get a translator to uh, translate this? And then it's just a guy like just comes in like um, all he's saying is schnoop to schnoop to schnoo. It, it's not Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is a great reference to the character's history in which like, you know, he's just been doing this for years and years. And finally, a character has just come along and be like, this isn't Swedish. Like this doesn't, this, this doesn't make sense. Um, so, yeah, listen, listen to that at home if you can. Yeah, I know that I know that I have a friend from Sweden, uh, Carson, who um, who like laughs about that a lot. Yeah, it, it's a great moment, and well, the Swedish chef has some great jokes in a, in both the the newer films. Like in we're doing a sequel when they're recommended films that they should do. Uh, the Swedish chef uh, recommends doing a like art noir film based on like life and death, and it's just him in black and white with the Grim Reaper playing chess. But obviously, he says like you know something in gobbledygook and uh, Mupp- uh, Kermit just says, oh, I don't think uh, Americans watch subtitled films, which, which is also true. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I really have fun with this. I think it's got loads of great songs. Like I just said, it's got loads of great moments in it. Um, it does sometimes come off as a bit like made for TV. And I think that's a part of like James Bobbin as a director, because maybe he doesn't have that cinematic quality, but also like I said, some of the casting but, you know, I, I still love, like, the stuff at the Gulag. Um, Constantine has, like, some great jokes. Like, I don't know if you remember this one, Craig, but I kind of forgot about it. But the amazing moment where he's, like, re-watching Kermit videos to, to practice his Is voice. Is it where he <laughs> screams? Yeah, and you just have, like, Kermit there, like, yay! And then you just have Constantine, like, yay! <laughs> it's just, like, it's so yeah. weird. It's, it's amazing. That was one of my favorite jokes. There's also the great joke of um, you mentioned Rizzo, um, Joe, and obviously a lot of people would be upset, you know, because he's in Muppets from Space a lot as well. So he wasn't really in the Muppets and is not in Muppets Most Wanted much either. But they actually have a joke in this one in which they're talking about, you know, other characters being important and Rizzo just comes. Oh, they're talking about Walter and they said, oh, you know, why is Walter left? You know, we spent an entire film like building up his character and, and now he's just gone. And like Rizzo comes along like, yeah, we dedicated loads of time at the expense of other long love Muppets characters. And he's like, come on. And he's like, come on, Robin. And like Rizzo walks away and Robin's like right behind, like Robin the frog is like right behind him. Um, 
So that's a great moment. Uh, Staten and Waldorf, which is also two of my favorites. They have some great um, disses of the Muppets in this one. They have the moment where they go to the German um, theater, which says like die Muppets. And like, you know, uh, Waldorf is just like, oh, is this a suggestion box? Um, and then they have the great moment where uh, I think Miss Piggy's doing like her Macarena song and uh, Statler's just like, bravo, bravo, yes, well done. And uh, Waldorf just says like, what are you doing? This is awful. And he's like, exactly. I don't think they could ever get worse than they have, but they have. So, <laughs> bravo, well done. And they're like both, like both of them are just like, yay, well done, bravo. Um, which just perfectly represents those two characters. Um so yeah, there's loads of like fun moments uh, in this film. Um, there's the fact that they are doing a world tour, but it leads to some great like Muppet Show uh, stuff in the fact that because they're in Spain, they do a Spanish version of the Muppet theme. And if you listen to, again, the soundtrack, they've got the German version of the Muppet theme, which they don't do in the film because Constantine passes out before they can they can do the theme. But that's just just an enjoyment on its own just having like the german language which is quite often affiliated with sounding quite sinister and quite you know serious um it's such a happy happy theme song and uh, lastly like i said i would just say like how many cameos are in this film like i I don't know about you guys whether you felt that you've seen cameos all the time or not but i felt this is the one which has the most cameos of what i had seen like there literally is just somebody in every scene really strange cameos as well like cameos which like you said about James McAvoy earlier on just delivering like that large badge you know he I think he has two lines and goes really strange cameos in this one I suppose they got a a knack for having quick cameos but yeah it's just the fact that there's quite a lot of like you know big actors and stuff Mm. so you've got Christoph Waltz you've got Selma Hayek you've got James McAvoy you've got Lady Gaga you got Dranny Trago, who plays a bit more of a bigger role in it. Um, Toby Jones, um, Kenzie Crook. you got P. Diddy. you got Hugh Bonneville. Um, that, so my favourite cameo, this is the runner-up to the favourite cameo, but I think this this is the, the one that is my favourite. I forgot completely about, and it is a joke that I love, and I do love this actor, but the, the runner-up is Celine Dion. She has a great moment in which she comes up for the, the Something So Right song because they brilliantly set it up early in the film by having Piggy saying she's going to do a Celine Dion uh, cover set of songs. So then to actually have her like pop up and sing, it's kind of like, you know, when Deadpool had like the Celine Dion song at the beginning of Deadpool 2, it's kind of like the Muppets got there first, I feel. <laughs> like in show, terms of showing Celine Dion as being a, a good a good sport for humour. Uh, there's also Tom Hiddleston. You've got Usher as the Usher of the wedding, which is a great joke. You've got Chloe Moretz. Uh, you got Zach Galifianakis makes another appearance. You got Josh Groban. You got Sergi Ronan. Um, but my favorite cameo is Stanley Tucci. Um, and I don't know if you guys remember this, but it's basically when when uh, Walter Animal and Fozzie come to get him from the prison, which he's been placed into because he's been swapped with Constantine. Um, they're like, you need to go back, uh, Kermit. And he's like, you know what? You're right. And then he just walks away towards the fence and then just a line of gunfire goes in front of him. And he's like, oh, crap, I forgot I was in prison. And then he just turns around and because everyone in this prison is quite friendly and gets along, he's like, oh, sorry about that, Terry. And then it's just Stanley Tucci just there in like a full like um, Russian soldier getup. And he's just like really happy, like, it's fine, Kermit. I, you know, I have to do what I have to do. You know, like, I knew you're not going to go much further. And he's just like, yeah, sorry about that. He's like, oh, you carry on, you carry on. <laughs> he's doing that just after firing a line of bullets in front of him. Like, it's just amazing. 
Uh, one moment I, I did also have to bring up, uh, which is a bit of trivia, is based kind of like what you said, Joe, about how those children gathered around Jim Henson when they were filming. And I, I thought this, again, was is the power of the Muppets. Danny Trago, when they were filming this, uh, obviously they were abroad, um, and sadly his mother passed away. Um, so the entire crew was, you know, very sympathetic to him and he had to like fly, fly out to go attend the funeral. But, you know, throughout the entire ordeal of like, you know, when, when it happened, he was still keeping to his very much tough guy uh, exterior. And even though people were giving their sympathies, you know, he would just sort of shrug it off. Um, but then uh, Steve Whitmire, who uh, performed as Kermit uh, when they did Most Wanted, is now being passed over to somebody else. Um, he give his condolences as Kermit with the Kermit puppet um, to Danny Trago, and they made Danny Trago break down in tears to to have the character like you know say sorry for for your loss, and which I think is like just an amazing moment. Just one, he made Danny Trago cry, and two, like I said, like it's the power of like Kermit being able to to be there in emotional moments as well as as happy. Yeah, moments. that that it's is magic. incredibly impactful. Yeah, pure pure magic that is. Like I said, guys, we've gone through like the, you know, the era of the Muppets. And, you know, I think, like I said, the movie Vault has never felt more perfectly placed now for, you know, what we feel after going through um, all these movies. What should go go into there? What what are your guys' initial thoughts? I think if um, Muppets Christmas Carol is already in there, then I think Muppet Treasure Island would... I mean, out of the kind of 90s era, I'd probably say if my big Christmas Carol's already in there and it was a choice between uh, Treasure Island or uh, my bits from space, I'd probably be more inclined to go down the Treasure Island uh, route as opposed to from space. No, if we didn't put in Treasure Island but did put in from space, I'm just quitting this call now because I, I can't talk to you guys. <laughs> So I think Treasure Island is is definitely um, one that, that would work well um, and and deserving of uh, of being put in there. Because like I said, I think it's a great Muppet movie, but also it's a great adventure movie in general. And you've got um, that kind of Hans Zimmer score running through it as well, which kind of uh, you know we all know kind of where he went from there, which I think is quite interesting. Like you said as well, Craig, that it so visually stands out. I think it does definitely deserve its yep. place. Um, out of, out of the ones that we've discussed, I, I think there's also the Muppet movie. Even though we didn't mention it as much, that still is important for obviously being the first and having that great song at the end and having Rainbow Connection in in there as well. Yeah, I think it's a good kind of base level for the Muppets. Like, I, I you know I have some issues with with the original Muppet movie, and it, it's certainly not my favorite. But if we're looking at it uh, in the perspective, you know, the the perspective of you know one day, you know, somebody opens this vault and kind of um, finds all all these movies, I think um, the Muppet movie is obviously a great kind of base level of getting to know the characters and the themes and 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 what the Muppet world is all about especially like you said uh, david in, in that kind of final song in that final moment uh, with rainbow breaks through the ceiling i think um i think it is a good kind of um starting point for anybody who's never kind of seen the muppets before and also i just love the i think all the songs in that are powerful i think other muppet films will have highs and lows but i think every single song in that film is fantastic i love can you picture that because i love like the electric mayhem they're great characters so that that song is really fun. 
Um, and I also love moving right along, which yeah. is like a great sort of like song to get you like move in. And also has a great joke where they're like, oh, turn right at the, at the fork in the road. And there's a little... <laughs> giant fork. <laughs> that is a cracking gag. And then, yeah, I, I think out of the ones we've discussed, I would say that maybe uh, Muppets Take Manhattan would maybe be the biggest uh, contender because, like we said, From Space isn't as good as Treasure Island. And I feel that Most Wanted, again, as much as I enjoyed and loved that film, is that you know it's just because i i love the muppets and there's loads of fun stuff in it but you know again as as to whether there was a vault that kept them full time i would definitely go to treasure island and and christmas carol over that film and it doesn't really do anything different or doesn't break break the the norm whereas i do feel like like joe said the take uh, the muppets take manhattan goes into the characters a bit more you get a bit more of like a character like rizzo um, you have the great songs, and and that is the film where they get married, I think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's then that that's a great moment as well. The fact that basically Miss Piggy, you know, manufactures a situation, creates a situation where she tricks Kermit to get married. In that, you know, like they're expecting, um, would they they kind of do the uh, performance of Manhattan Melodies at the end, and uh, Kermit's expecting an actor, um, and like Miss Piggy's organised a, a real life priest uh, to come and officiate this wedding and, and like Kermit's still unsure I think at the end like uh, are we married are we not married I think that's a that's a great moment yeah what, what would you say Craig for take, take Manhattan yeah I think based on the discussions we've had go Manhattan needs to go in so yeah I, I feel that uh, going into movie vault this week then guys would be the Muppets take Manhattan the Muppet movie and Muppet Treasure Island For this week's Endgame, I think, obviously, we've we've got to look more at the songs of the Muppets because I think I've been listening to a lot more of them to escape the sort of boredom uh, and frustration of being at home. And you know, I don't I don't want to think about being trapped at home at the moment. I don't want to think about the coronavirus. I don't want to think about anything like that. So I designed this Endgame with that in mind. So this Endgame is called Cabin Fever. I I, I mean uh, Muppet uh, Muppet Musical Mayhem. Um, (laughs) basically i've gotten a variety of clips from various songs and what i want you guys to do is basically fastest fastest person first what's the name of the song which of the films is it in one thing i'll point out about these clips is that if i review well obviously david has because he was in it uh have listened to the musicals episode uh which had a end game like this you'll know that I have an affinity for altering the clips in some way. Right, okay, yes, I am aware. Oh, dear. (laughs) Yeah. What I will say is the sad... Oh, let's hear that again. That's going to be my buzzer, by the way. Let's hear it again. Cool. David, what is your buzzer? So, yeah. Uh, Sadly, there is nothing as nightmarish as the Let It Go version that I created. <laughs> okay, so like I said, for you get a point for both the movie and the name of the song. Are we ready for number one? Yes. Yes. There'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Hey, a movie! Yeah, we're gonna be a movie starring everybody and me. David. 
I'm just going to say the Grey Muppet Caper because I don't recognize it and that's the only one I haven't saw seen recently. Yeah, I, w- I would say the same thing. I was going to say the same thing, but I don't know what the, the title would be. No, I don't know what the song okay. is. Okay, so, ha- so I'll say that in terms of the film, David, you are? Is it like like a movie or something like that? It's hey a movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So, are we ready for clip number two? Yes. David? Uh, that is when you're a professional pirate from Upper Treasure Island. Backwards or something. <laughs> I just want you to be absolutely... Is that the name of the song? Is it just professional pirate? So, in terms of the movie, David, you are... Uh, in terms of the song, eventually you were. Oh, it's okay. a professional pirate. Yeah. It's how it should have been. You're unstoppable. What was that? Backwards originally. It was reversed, yeah. You're a professional pirate. That's what the job's about. Okay, so clip number three. Come on, guys, you know this. Mm, that's so annoying. I can. Uh... I'm not sure. Yeah, it's like the, yeah, it's like the tune you're trying to. Yeah, I'm trying to work out the tune or when the moment. David, do you want to guess as to the song? Uh, just the film is from Muppets Christmas Carol. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe Muppets Most Wanted. It is. From oh. Muppets Most Wanted. This is what the film, the song is. Ready? Oh, wow. You may think that you're smarter, but I'm smarter than you. See, I thought it was like an older film. Like it was like a character, like, like an, sounded like a West, you know, like a country character. No, that was I'm num, uh, I'm number one. Slowed down to like forty <laughs> percent. <laughs> Are we ready for the next clip? Yes. Oh, David. <laughs> was it me? What? Yeah. I think we were pretty it... much. David. Uh, was it having a me party from the Muppets? Is that the name of the song? Me party. Yep, you are correct. Yeah. Uh, for both. <laughs> So this is what it should have sounded like. This is a banger, David. How can you hate it? (laughs) Just as well, I brought it up because I was like, I have to get this because I brought it up. Okay, so I didn't hate it. Like I said, I just said that like on the spectrum of Muppet songs is just not the best. You said it was pointless and stupid (laughs) for the film. Are we ready for clip number five? Yes. Yes. <laughs> 
This is horrific. Yeah. Mm. No ideas? It sounded like trust in me or something. It sounded like you said trust in yes. me. <laughs> right. I'll give you a small hint. Um, Try and think about what you could hear in the background. David. Is this Shiver My Timbers from Muppet Treasure Island? Oh, I think I know which one it is then. There was two guesses. Any ideas, Joe? No idea. I, I want to say Smuppet Treasure Island. I want to say Smuppet Treasure Island for sure. Um, well, but in given terms that of the both, song. But given both of David's guesses were wrong. All right, okay. Um, I'll probably say then Muppet Christmas Carol would have been my next guess. But in terms of the film, no I, uh, song, no idea. Okay, so for that one, Joe is. It is from oh. Muppet's Christmas Carol. This is what it was. We're Marley and Marley, Everest and Green. No. Oh. Just ignored the needy. That's why it sounded so evil, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why it was horrific. <laughs> but yeah, that's why I was trying to get you to think about the chains in the background. Uh, I thought that was um, like pickaxe, like them shoveling the the chests at the beginning of Shiver My Timbers. Oh, no. Or if it wasn't if it wasn't that, then I know in Most Wanted there's a random working in a coal mine song. Yes. When, when, oh, so, so I thought it could, your, it was your that, other so. guess was also wrong. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I might actually deduct you points for that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, clip number six. Moving right along in search of good times and good news with good friends. That was, that was David. That is moving right along from the Muppet movie. Indeed. Uh, one of my favorites. Cool. Yes, Belter. Are we ready for the next clip? Yes. Yes. Joe? Rainbow Connection. Uh, so songs Rainbow Connection um, and uh, the Muppet movie. Um, are we counting like numerous like films or appears in, or just the first film? The film that you think I got this clip from? Oh right, okay. So um, I'd probably say that's from the the Muppets then. So the most recent version, but it's definitely Rainbow Connection. So in terms of the song, you are. In terms of the version, you are... Oh, okay. It was the original. Ah. It was the original. So is that the same... That's the same... That's it backwards. Eh? Yes, that was reversed. Ah. That version... That just sounds like Kermit's just gone off, off, like, you know, when like they do a drum solo. It's just him at the end being like, la, 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 la. <laughs> yeah. Right, number eight. That was David. That one is Shiver My Timbers from Upper Treasure Island. Yep, that is. And 
that was my attempt at the weird pitch changer for this uh, for this episode. <laughs> uno waka, uno waka, something not right. All right, clip number nine. Joe. Um, I want to say, this is wildcard now, I want to say together again from uh, my bits take Manhattan. Oh, Yes, you are correct. And this is how it should sound. Together again. Gee, it's good to be together again. It's hard not to bob your head to listen. <laughs> it really is. That's exactly what I'm doing right now, Dave. <laughs> yeah. It's just going See, it's that motivation I give you guys earlier has helped in the <laughs> Okay, so we've got two clips left, and I'll just give you an update on the scores. So Joe has five, David has nine. Oh. With two clips left, that means either the end, the game ends in David's victory or a tiebreak. Okay. Come on, Joe. End the rain. <laughs> I need to end do this. <laughs> okay. Clip number 10. Could we do it all again? Make a laugh like we did then. David? It's from The Muppets. I'm just trying to think of the name of the song. Is there pictures in my head or some pictures in the wall? Pictures in my head, I'm going with. Oh. Nah. Yep, both answers are correct. I, for so long, I didn't. I was like, oh, <laughs> voices in the wall or something like that. And then it just came to me right at the end. Of the- I, I'm going to keep playing because I find it annoying uh, at which point I had to pause that because this is what would have played directly after I paused. Ready? <laughs> that would be a great like alternate version just have a song which is completely swedish chef and we have to guess why he's singing <laughs> yes if i if i could have found those i would have done it okay ready for the next clip yeah and this this is the last clip of the game What's the answer? It's my big Christmas carol. Um, oh, and I'm trying to okay. think what the song is called. I think uh, I know what it is as well, but yeah. It's, I, the, it's, it's, this, yeah, it's the name of it, but it, it's it's when they sing about Scrooge at the beginning. Um, it goes, yep. Mr. Humbug. Um, I'm trying to think what the title would be. Something, it either be like Scrooge or Mr. Humbug or something like that. Okay, so I'll take your first answer of Scrooge. So in terms of the film, you are... In terms of the name of the song, you are... Oh, okay. Both answers are correct. This is what it should have sounded like. Oh, there goes Mr. Humbug. There goes Mr. Grimm. If they gave a prize for being mean, the winner would be him. Which is also how I like to define myself on this podcast. (laughs) That's how Craig walks the streets during winter. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually, so, in my head, I was thinking, it did sound like Christmas Carol, but I got mixed up. I was thinking of, like, later in the film when they have, like, the feels like Christmas. But then I realized what I was thinking of, which isn't even in that film or that franchise at all. I was like, so I'm glad I didn't answer. For some reason, I was thinking of something there that wasn't there before, which is from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> It would fit. The, it, would, it would fit the theme of the film, though. 
<laughs> with 11 points to seven. So Joe, like, put up a really good fight against David. It's just David's a monster. Yeah, he's undefeatable um, at the moment. But, you know, I kind of came on here with... Um, my main goal in terms of the end game was to do better than obviously my counterpart, Dan. Um, <laughs> and, and I've got to say, I think I did far better than he did. So I'm happy with that. I'm going to leave with my held, uh, my head held high uh, based on that. Your held, your held head high. So they- <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, so thank you, Joe. Thank you for joining us on this uh, very fun episode. It's been really, uh, really fun, really uplifting during this time during lockdown. And yeah, I, I, it makes me feel like I'm just going to go watch all the other Muppet films that I didn't watch in preparation for this now as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. It's, uh, you know, Muppets is very close to my heart um, anyway, so it's uh, great to be able to uh, chat to you guys about it. Uh, where can we find uh, yourself and also you and Dan for your podcast? Yes, so uh, me and Dan obviously do uh, the Dan and Joe uh, film show. Um, So we're on all kind of social medias. We're on uh, Facebook under the Dan and Joe film show. Uh, We're on Instagram at DJ Film Show. And that's the same handle uh, for Twitter as well. Um, And um, if you're short of time and you can't be bothered to listen uh, to our podcast, um, we've also got a YouTube channel now where we put up a lot of our kind of uh, reviews um, and in interviews and things like that as well um so if you search uh, for the dan and joe film show on youtube um you can subscribe and and, and kind of uh, just get the kind of uh, cream of the crop in terms of reviews and things like that uh, on there as well uh well yeah thank you joe for uh, coming on like i said it's a pleasure as usual hopefully uh, we'll have uh, yourself back on soon and also you and dan uh, after this is all over hopefully when, uh, when we're able to physically see people again <laughs> That would be great because then I could beat him in person at the, on the end game. <laughs> That's the spirit. So everyone at home, like I said, please do check out uh, as many Muppet films as you can. Uh, check them out on YouTube. They even do a little short content on there these days. There's loads of fun uh, ways you can uh, experience the Muppets. Uh, and yeah, check out the ones that we specifically highlighted for the movie vault, which is Muppet Treasure Island, The Muppet Movie, and The Muppets Take Manhattan. So, as usual, guys, you can check us on Facebook and Instagram under Well Good Movies. Uh, you can follow us on iTunes, Spotify, everywhere that you can listen to podcasts as Well Good Movies. Please do rate us, review us, follow us on there. Any support is much appreciated, and we do really uh, value it at this time. Uh, you can also check out our sister website, which is Fresh Take Hub, and you can catch Well Good Movies on there as well, which is freshtakehub.com slash wellgoodmovies. Uh, anything else from yourself, Craig? Just stay safe and... Uh... Ivan! It's okay! No problem, Kermit! It is a mistake! Right.